Hello, and welcome to the podcast where we are currently recapping the events of Transformers IDW 2005 Continuity. I'm Onyx Prime with my two co-hosts here. Howdy, I'm CompuTron. Hi, I'm Kilobyte. Moving on with our comic book discussion today takes us to IDW Transformers Robots in the Skies Volume 5. And as always, spoiler warning. Uh, So if you haven't read it already, we highly recommend you go back, read them, and listen to the podcast afterwards. Now, onwards. Both Computron and myself have read these comics already, but this is Kilobyte's first time, and we are excited to hear their thoughts about the series. But before we can hear his thoughts, Computron, do you mind telling us some facts about this comic? I mean, volume. Uh, yeah, uh, so there's a total of six comics. Issue 17 was released May 22nd, 2013, and issue 22 was also known as Dark Cybertron Prelude, was released October 30th, 2013. Uh, the writer was John Barber, and the artist was Livio Ramandelli, uh, Atilio Rojo, Deheraj Verma, Andrew Griffith, and colors by Priscilla Tremontano, Joanna Lafuente. And Livio Ramandelli. All right, so trivia. In issue 17, Monstructor is consistently described as being formed by five Cybertronians when actually he's made of six. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Dreadwing appears in the flashback depicting Shockwave and Megatron's first meeting. That's all fine and dandy, except he's drawn with a current day design, a body that Soundwave would later claim. Uh, Dreadwing adopted to honor Megatron's own stealth bomber design, which, of course, must have happened very recently. We actually saw what he used to look like, right? But not in this comic. We saw it all the way back when he was stealing Energon from... Yeah, uh, to be honest with you, when I saw that stealth bomber, I'm like, excuse me? Right. (laughs) Anyway, sorry, I cut you off. How dare you take the formal (laughs) almighty Megatron? How dare you? (laughs) Okay, uh, issue 19, Waspender calls the Monstructor six monsters and a nod towards their original subgroup name as the Pretender Monsters. Ooh. Hmm. In issue 21, when describing his pre-war life, Needlenose recounts selling chick chips. Part of the character's history mentioned in his original Marvel Universe profile. Dreadwing manifests a glowing purple energy axe from his wrist when fighting Soundwave in what seems to be merging of Optimus Prime's orange Energon axe and Megatron's purple Energon mace from the Generation 1 cartoon episode More Than Me CI Part 2. I knew I saw that before. (laughs) Same here. Uh, Let's see. In issue 22, when he declared that some are more equal than others, Soundwave is quoting from George Orwell's Animal Farm. Hmm, lots of inspirations. Rajpanatron was remember it as if it were yesterday's. Uh, can you tell me what happened to Shockwave? Spoilers, Kilo. Spoilers, my small friend. We'll get there. We'll get there. Thanks, Waspaner. How goes selling the uh, K-juices? Oh, as Rajpanatron definitely didn't drink the Mars. Why do I get the feeling you did? Uh-oh. All right. Shoo, shoo, shoo. We're in the middle of recording an episode here. Computron, please go on. Ah, uh, that's uh, about all the trivia. So, Mr. Kilo, do you mind giving us a short summary of these comics? Sure can. Uh, again, this volume has multiple stories, so there'll be a summary for each of those. 
And we're starting off with Shockwave reflects on his long and changeable life as the seeds of a plan sown millions of years ago at long last bear fruit. What could it be? Could it be indeed? Yeah, yeah, hopefully we can find out. Uh, as the Autobots spend their first night outside Ayakon, RC struggles to adapt to a world without fighting as Bumblebee gets a makeover. That Please, seems golden. like fun. <laughs> um, uh, on Gorlem Prime, Orion Pack's band crosses path with G-Haxis and his newest ally, Waspinator. Hey, we know that guy. Yeah, we do. Why did... He seems so nice now. <laughs> <laughs> he wants the K-Juice from us. <laughs> How did he go from that to our, our roadie? That's a story for another time. Maybe, maybe trauma. <laughs> a blackout, a do-gooder, and an opportunist, which are all more than they appear, make Starscream's first night leading Icon a difficult one, as the former Decepticon finds that the only way he can speak without being reproached at every turn is to speak to those who cannot talk back. Oh, Starscream, back to the old ways. <laughs> Uh, Soundwave's history with Shockwave unfold as the two come to blows over the future of Cybertron and the Decepticons. That's mm -hmm. a fun fight. That should be fun. Yeah. And finally, as the secrets of Soundwave's past are laid bare, Shockwave's preparation reach their final fate. Ooh. What's going to happen? And as always, the information has been taken from the wiki. Shall we get started? We shall. We shall. So we open up and we discover where Shockwave disappeared during the Decepticon takeover of the city. Also, Shockwave saying the thing more than meets the eye. Ooh. He said the thing. He said the thing. He said it. He said it. <laughs> Rediscovering the Crystal City and immediately kills Dreadwing. Dun, dun, dun. What are your thoughts? Why, Shockwave? Why? <laughs> of course, Shockwave. You do you, boo. <laughs> <laughs> and we get a quick flashback on Jahax's mentoring Shockwave. What are your thoughts on his prior policies? I kind of want to jump in on this one because yeah. I, uh, at first, I was kind of confused because you remember there was that big giveaway that Shockwave was under Shockwave, right? What? <laughs> and there was also <laughs> that Shockwave was also a student in Haxes. So uh, I'm glad that they kind of closed that gap because I was really confused when I first read the comics. I'm like, okay, what is Shockwave? Is he a senator or is he a scientist? Because I, I can't figure this out. And this comic really did uh, a really great job of closing that gap, uh, showing you his timeline with being a student of Haxes and then uh, a senator. Yeah. I always, I always thought that when they said that Shockwave was a student of Jahax's was when, after the Shadow Play, not before. So uh, uh, I, I was interested. I was like, oh, okay, so it was before. So this helped with that understanding. That's good to yeah. know. I knew it was before because I knew that Jahax's went with, um, was it Diatlas or a Nova? Nova. Nova, yeah, he went with Nova Prime, and I knew okay if he had to, if Shockwave needed to be a student, he needed to do this before, like way back when when they uh, Nova and them took off to what we discovered was where what the dead universe where uh, what's his name Cyclonus and uh, Galvatron, Galvatron went. Yeah, 
Yeah. So yeah, I knew but, it was before. I just I was just like I was getting confused, and I'm really glad that they closed the gap here. And we find out that shortly he's been shadow played. That he then meets Megatron. Yes. Yeah. That's yes. Correct. Any favorite scenes during the flashback? Because mine was when Megatron was offering to replace Shockwave's um, two claw hands, and he decides to pick only one because he says only one will suffice. I thought that was interesting. I liked when I think it was Shockwave beating Diatlas, and Diatlas picks up the projector and throws it, and it turns out it was the <laughs> oh, yeah. That was hilarious. Yeah. That was funny. I had to double take it. I'm like, there's another bot in there, and then I noticed it was the projector. I'm like, oh, okay, he turned into the projector. <laughs> it was so good. Yeah. Um, Computron, do you mind? telling us about each of the ores shockwave seeded to grow and what they do uh before we jump into each individual or uh shockwave kind of interchangeably says or or seeds throughout the comic but he spreads out these ores to each planet or to be to grow planets essentially that's kind of like where i'm getting this at they grow on the planets they grow on the planet but they also kind of metaform not metaform but yeah, terraform terraform yeah. the planet yes mm-hmm. yeah 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 so on the first one or one was the time or um that was on i forgot what planet lb yes 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 and orion pax kind of was introduced to that or when he ran into bludgeon on that planet i don't know if you guys remember that one that was recent yes timey-wimey one where (laughs) you kind of get confused while you're reading it and it takes you like 10 times to read it (laughs) uh the next one was or two which was on a frozen planet because it was uh i think that's that's or six yeah that's or six i'm sorry that was on the frozen planet uh, there's one more I'm missing. Or um, eight. Or eight, yes. Or eights. And then after or eights, or 13, which turned out to be on Earth, which is an infinite amount of supply of energon, or... Yeah, ultra. Um, ultra. Ultra energon, yeah. And then there's one more that we'll see later, which is the death or, I believe? It's the or 14 resurrection. Yes. Oh, there's that one, and there's the resurrection ore, which is what was in Crystal City, if I remember correctly, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. Which we discovered Crystal City was actually on Cybertron all this time, and not on uh, where I thought an MTME, which was. Uh, What's well, the original Crystal City? It's the one from uh, where Monstructor and Omega Supreme fought. The one yeah. we yes. saw last yes. issue is the one when Dialis left. They kind of rebuilt a new city over there. Yeah, true. Yes. Um, and then there's actually a death or if I remember correctly. Yes, yeah, we'll, we'll see we'll, later. We'll see those later. Uh, yeah, because uh, number eight is destruction. Yep. Yes. Yes, that one. Yeah. I did my best. Stuff. No, that's good. <laughs> yeah. that's good. Hey, I uh, wrote them after... down like you told me to, you know, I'm keeping track of all of this. Yeah, do do that and then come back to us. <laughs> it really you. helps taking notes when you're reading these comics. <laughs> it does. Uh, after the flashbacks, we find out because of the resurrection ore, Dreadwing arises from the dead and begins to regenerate due to the ore 14 within Crystal City. Not fair. Again, I think Kilo has mentioned this before. All the Decepticons come back some way or another. Yeah. Not fair. It's, not, it's too overpowered. 
too overpowered. We flew <laughs> back to the center of where we left off from in the last volume with King Starscream now in charge. And if you did not renounce your allegiance to the Autobots and Decepticons, you were exiled. And we discovered Jazz is staying with Starscream. But the Constructicons, instead of staying with the Decepticons, leave with the Autobots. What are your thoughts on these two divergents? It was, it was interesting. Uh, I, I do like the reasoning of the Constructicons uh, going with the Autobots is because they connected with Prowl. Yeah. And, you know, they do through, what they're told. through that bonding, you know, I feel like they, they feel like they understand where they're, uh, I guess they, they would be better off. Cause I feel like the Decepticons use them for, you know, um, devastator or building stuff, not really cared for them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the jazz one, uh, really had me confused for a minute. Cause he was like, he felt like he would be the next leader, but I can understand that being sidelined by not only Optimus, but also Bumblebee probably made him have some hard feelings towards the Autobots. Yeah. Plus, I feel like he liked the, the peace times because he was, uh, he made the yeah. duel, the, the group with Skybite and they were had the jazz uh, or like that music band and stuff. So. Any thoughts on Goldbug? I mean, uh, Bumblebee's Earth mode body he had to switch to due to a possible, due to him almost dying in his previous body. I like it. You like it? You mean, it you mean non hotshot? <laughs> he kind of looks like hotshot from the. Yeah. Uh, kind of. I think it looks more like the Goldbug uh, from his G1 continuity form, I think, from the Marvel comics. I like the oh, face plate. Yeah. So the sunrise, though, that shouldn't be happening. We literally just saw it turn to night. But before anyone says anything, let's take a quick ad break. Welcome to McAdams Old Oil House, a mutual bar where you can drink your worries away and have a good time. My name's Clickbait, and I'll be your waiter. Wow, this place is amazing. There's all kinds of life here. Is that... is that Devoid? It sure is. And over there, you can see Megatron and Optimus arm wrestling. Again. Oh, neat! Here's our menu. On tap, we have the- Your mother board was a toaster! Yeah, well, we'll eat a chair. There will be no fighting in my bar. On tap, we have the finest NGX and the most exquisite polonium spritzer. Do you have any uh, non-mechanical food-like items, such as cheese? <clears throat> I mean, do you have any uh, maybe sushi or some chocolate milk? Of course we do, because we at McAdams Old Oil House treat every guest like family. Why choose anywhere else? Uh, was that last question for me? Oh, oh, you're looking at a camera. Wait, is this an app? Welcome back. That that's that's no sun, is it? Uh, I don't think so. I think uh, that's Shockwave's doing. Oh boy, wonder what that could mean. Any <laughs> theories? Thought it was like a huge explosion, uh, like lifting Crystal City. Um, but other than that, there were because it looks like a like a nuclear explosion because it has like a mushroom cloud. But that could be just like any regular cloud on there. It kind of does, doesn't it? Uh, so yeah. time to see what Waspinator in the comics have been up to. Kilo, do you mind giving us a quick abridged version of what Waspinator been doing? I hope he's been selling those Kajus drinks we gave him now. But <laughs> let's let's see how uh, how he did back in the day. 
Yeah, so uh, we meet Waspinator at a bar, and he's telling a story on how he became a Titan hunter, and he was tasked to, you know, hunt Titans for their uh, space bridges. Uh, that way they could uh, use the technology. And he managed to find one and succeeded in uh, taking it offline. But in doing so, uh, he gets, uh, the Titan tries to teleport at the same time, so they kind of link together and they get teleported out and so now he has uh the ability to kind of like reactivate the titan and and use its space bridge and communicate with it yeah and who meets him at the bar uh it's uh jahaxes and bludgeon which uh i'm sure they're up to no good our favorites i do like bludgeon's design in, in, in this comic yeah it looks very nice He's yeah. very much one of my favorite uh decepticons like, cyber cybertronian designs ever his designs always get cooler and cooler. Like, yeah. comics. They, they start off kind of low and then they just get better and better, which each. Oh, yeah. Body. It's like they, as soon as you think he's like peak tier, there's another one. And it's even better than the previous one. You're like, how does this. How? Yeah. And, and, and I don't know if it's just me, but I feel like every time he gets a, he, he reappears, his armor looks more like uh, like a bug. Yeah, it's like a samurai bug. Yeah, so yeah, it looks very bug-like. Looks pretty cool. Do you want to tell us some more about Waspinator and uh, Optimus? Yes. Uh, so Optimus uh, follows them to uh, Gorlam Prime, and Hardhead uh, has told Orion Pax. He tells him that there's a trap, and Orion says, "Yes, I know it's a trap, but we still gotta stop him because we need to protect uh, all living uh, races in the universe." And uh, he gets tricked by a waspinator that suddenly is being attacked by the uh, monster not not the monster bot uh, but monstructor but in pieces uh, i don't know the name of the group i'm so sorry but he optimus decides to activate a titan that's been hiding underneath gorlam prime and once the titan appears the waspinator assumes control of it and uh, activates its space bridge teleporting them both out and teleporting G-Haxes with Monstructor as well. Yeah. Did anyone else get the feeling that Hardhead um, looks a little different in this one? Like, he reminds me of, like, a Judge Dredge kind of figure. <laughs> yeah. He looks like a space marine kind of... Right? Well, that's what, I was having the issue. An armor, <laughs> then he does, like, a robot. It, it, it like it was hard headed and there was like a couple more it's just like i was looking at them like dude these look humanoids w what is this right <laughs> but we also find out that in gorland prime there's a there's a an, an ore from uh from shockwave that he planted there and it's called the death ore which mm -hmm. is uh if you get too close you will start to disintegrate good stuff i'm not feeling so good anyway <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll get there we'll get there uh, mr stark <laughs> mr starscream uh flipping back to cybertron <laughs> and starscream uh who talks to a dead metal hawk on how sorry he is he killed him interesting kilo bunch huh? of lies bunch of lies he's not sorry at all he literally says i'm sorry i killed you buddy you don't just say that to anyone you only say that to your buddy uh <laughs> it's starscream it's kind of hard to trust you don't trust starscream <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anybody a fearless should. leader. Mm. You're a leader, maybe. <laughs> like a dictator. Anyway, <laughs> I also want to talk about the moment uh, Starscream needs to have a chat with Dirge, and I find it funny because he's like, "We served together," and Dirge is like, "You left me to die," and Starscream just responds, "Eh, mistakes were made." 
that's why you don't trust Starscream response right there, man. And he gets a nice little swing at Starscream. But uh, we find out Starscream can't kill Dirge out in the open anymore because he's the leader now, which means always has a camera on him. Best be on your best behavior, Screamers. <laughs> I do like that when Starscream gets hit, he says like, oh, I thought you were going to have a sneezy one-liner, like, seek this or something. And I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> right? that's funny. That's funny. Yeah, no, Starscream has to be careful. Yeah, he does. So, Computron, give us the scoop on Scoop. You know, the orange guy <laughs> helping everyone else around the city. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you mean, oh, my Primus? Gosh. <laughs> you know, Goshatron. Goshatron. Yeah. I did not. I did not know about Goshatron. Yeah, we'll tell you more about him later. So, the scoop on Scoop. Um, <laughs> is it a double scoop? <laughs> Two scoops, please. I'm done. You you do it. I'm done. Oh, please go on. <laughs> come on, be a part of the podcast. <laughs> I hate we'll it. You bring in puns <laughs> so much. It's the way to hide my pain. I've heard I'm you like rubbing my eyeballs, and I've gone double vision right now, <laughs> or my eye sockets hurt. <laughs> see two scoops. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my privacy, getting worse. Yeah, he was up to no good, wasn't he? Or some good? What? What? what how do you say this? He was. Uh, he was helping. He was helping, right? He was helping a lot of people. Very much not what Starscream wanted. And you know what confused me was I thought Scoop was part of the constructors. I think that's what they're alluding to eventually. He's part of the construction bots, or right bots, right? yeah, but not the Constructicons. Yeah. But uh, he's got a valid argument against Starscream. Like, he was he's a go-getter compared to Starscream sitting in the high tower, right? Yeah. yeah. So, speaking of Scoop, Kilo, do you want to talk about Rat Trap and what does he have to offer to Starscream? Yeah, no, Rat Trap uh, shows up and uh, says that the blackout was caused by a faulty power coupling. And he says that it's a spec of uh, like a sabotage. And he says that Scoop has been, you know, trying to help and fixing everything. So he's pointing the finger like, maybe you should uh, check up on him. Make sure uh, he's not uh, sabotaging just to get publicity. Yeah. So they make a deal. And what happens to our poor dear do-gooder Scoop, Computron? Yeah, well, Scoop apparently didn't have a Scoop, but... There apparently happened to be a scoop, and uh, Starscream put him away because of the scoop. Yeah, he got scooped up by the authorities. <laughs> <laughs> I knew there was one more! <laughs> I knew it! I had to do it, I'm sorry. Alright, I think Computron is indisposed at the moment. Uh, Kilo, do you want to tell us what happened? <laughs> yes, well, no, was... he, that's what I said, he got arrested for... But... Why was he arrested? Starscream uh, was, I think, planting. He planted some. Um, uh, he planted some like. Uh, what was it again? It was power couplings. Yeah, it was a. It was a specific solution that could burn through the Festlex or something like that. Yeah, to essentially make it look like that Scoop was being a no gooder. Phosphex. It was Phosphex. Yes. Uh, but yeah, it wasn't a Starscream. It was actually Rattrap, as we later find out. Yeah, so Rattrap was lying. 
He's yeah. a lying liar, which then turns out uh, Starscream would like to offer him a uh, government position, which, you know, of course, that checks. That, yep, that's perfect. <laughs> He's perfect for the job. <laughs> we then see Starscream talk to an old friend of his, not just a dead one, but um, we discover he is secretly fixing Wheeljack. What are your thoughts, Kilo and Computron? I thought it was touching. He's alive! <laughs> I saw this and I was like, okay, I'm done. I don't care who else gets blasted off with their heads off or through the chest. They'll come back because I'm just numb. The deaths, nobody stays dead. I'll get there. <laughs> There's been a few permanent deaths, like, you know, the horrible accident in the first one. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but, you know... It's just- <laughs> he don't matter. He doesn't have the plot armor. Wow, you're horrible. Anyway. <laughs> mm. Sorry. As I said, it just rolls off the tongue. Anyway. I might be honest with you. That kind of did ruin it for me for a little bit because of the death doesn't equal death. Yeah. Especially for Decepticons, unless you're horrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now that we're being onyx with each other, let's move on. <laughs> we move on to the Dark Cybertron prelude, and we start off with a flashback with a monologue inside of Soundwave's head at the end of the Chaos arc, and how much Soundwave admires Shockwave at this um, flashback. What are your thoughts on the perfect Cybertronian? Uh, I don't think he's perfect. <laughs> yeah, it's nice because earlier we saw that Soundwave and Shockwave were duking it out, right? Yep. And it was nice to see that they have kind of like a hot-cold relationship. Right. To me, it feels like two siblings fighting. <laughs> That's exactly what it is, isn't it? <laughs> Daddy Megatron. Trying to get d- Daddy's approval. Right. We flipped to now where Soundwave's opinion on Shockwave has drastically changed. And he tries to take up the role as leader of Decepticons, but it doesn't seem to work out. Kilo, Comp, what are your thoughts on this? He got punched in the face. He did. Yeah. Very hard. So trained. It was nice that Needle Nose kind of stuck up for him a little bit. Needle Nose was kind of like, just stop it. Not really, don't be a leader. He's just like, can't we just go back to town? I really liked it when it was peaceful and we don't really need to. It was ironic, right? Right, because he's the one that like caused the death of a few people. Yeah. Not like you started a riot or anything. (laughs) So he doesn't become leader of the Decepticons, but he does try. I really enjoy the flashback scenes that happen here and there with Soundwave because they're all intertwined with something that is said in the present day, triggers an event based on like a keyword. So in one of them, they say the word soldiers. So then he has a flashback of a moment where the word soldiers pops up. There's several of them like this. There's a certain word that is said that then triggers one of the flashback memories. And then that word is also said. I thought that was... Great. It's one of my favorite forms of storytelling altogether. So we have a flashback of when all the Decepticons were drawn together into a giant unstoppable monster, and yet Megatron stood brave and fended them off. And during that flashback, we discover Shockwave was not part of that combined monster. No, instead he watched everything from the sidelines way out in the distance. What are your thoughts? Was that Soundwave? Because it showed like the oh, image Shockwave. of Soundwave. Shockwave, Shockwave. sorry. Shockwave yeah, is the one that's done, yeah. Because yeah. I remember seeing the the one of my favorite, actually I have saved, is one of my favorite images was, was it, it, it's um, 
what was the name of the monster? I forget what it was. It was from Devoid. Uh, Devoid. Uh, and it was a shot where it looked like it was underneath Soundwave looking up and seeing Devoid's face, and it was really, really cool. Yeah. yeah. I really like the shot with Megatron and uh, Devoid's hand, and he's just shooting a big beam towards it. That looks pretty cool. Yeah, it does. It's very uh, poster esque. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, awesome. Hasbro, I'm looking at you. Make a private main movie. <laughs> uh, I, I do. I'm, I'm interested to know why Shockwave didn't join. Yeah. Tricky, tricky. You said earlier that he's an opportunist, right? Well, he was also, because as we learned before, he was shadow played. And then to be part of the Devoid, you had to have Decepticon programming. He never actually had Decepticon programming. Yeah. So there's that. And it might be because his will is stronger. So why were the sweeps part of the sweeps were uh, reprogrammed by Galvatron? And he is so the he's huh? a Decepticon yeah. in sweeps or Scourge, and Scourge is a Decepticon. So there you go. Kind of complicated because huh? I thought that meant just kind of like if you have the branding, it'll right. It did sound like that. Yeah, but first, Drift but... didn't have the branding at that time, so Drift I guess it doesn't either. Yeah. yeah, Drift was an Autobot at that point. He was a Decepticon prior to that, yeah. which meant he still had Decepticon coding. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Good stuff. Good stuff. Eventually, we get a visit of Shockwave saying he can work on two tasks at once during a flashback. Maybe that's his catchphrase? I love that. I read it. I'm like, he said it. He said it <laughs> he again. Said the words. He said it again. Yeah. But that is a huge, huge hint to what we'll see later on in these volumes. He's definitely trying to tell us something. I wonder what it is. <laughs> what are Stop your him. thoughts on the Soundwave versus Shockwave fight? I really enjoy the last minute bringing his cassettes into the battle against Shockwave. Any favorite scenes during their long fight you want to talk about or thoughts? I swallowed my spark when Dreadwing uh, shot Ravage. I'm like, no. And then I realized, oh, he's probably going to come back because Dreadwing <laughs> came back. Right. Yeah. It was it's still shocking because they're not used to the ore quite yet, right? Yeah. yeah. I, I like the, the battle wits but that happens a little before that where uh, Shockwave is trying to get Soundwave to remove the bomb from Maximum Dinobots. And Soundwave yeah. is like, I'll do it if you... If you tell me uh, what this means, and Shockwave's like, no, because uh, I can, because you'll you'll lose. I don't remember exactly why, but it was pretty much that. No matter what you do, I can, I'll still be victorious. Yeah, because you'll never find out about X, Y, and Z if I die. Oh, yeah, because if he's dead, yes, that that is correct. That is yeah. the. So thought that was cool. Computron, do you mind talking about how Soundwave became Soundwave and where he originated from? And how he met all his friends. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of interesting. We see a brief flashback where Soundwave, was, we realized Soundwave was just this bot that, um, for lack of better terms, was very, um, like, he had, he had a lot of stimulation. He, like, he was a point one percenter, but he was always overstimulated because all everything that he could smell, hear, uh, whatever, was just absolutely... Uh, through the roof like it was more than what a typical cybertronian could deal with i think um, x-men yeah he, he was professor x yeah essentially and so or professor x from the human comics should we say yeah from the human comics so 
what happens is, is like is Soundwave was going through some pretty rough times, obviously, with that, and he was being overstimulated from his audio. And the cassettes, Ravage, I think Laserbeak and Buzzsaw at the time mm-hmm. came and came and found him and you know, they were kinda trying to help him with it, trying to course him like focus on, you know, how to direct redirect your fo- his focus so he's not completely overstimulated. Which was re- which was really heartening because it shows like throughout this fight that we saw with Shockwave and Soundwave, we saw that Soundwave kept repeatedly saying that they weren't his beasts or his cassettes they were his friends and so it was really nice to kind of see that flashback yeah it was very sweet because ravage kind of went through the same process where he had to focus so he could uh, hone his uh nose onto like a specific scent so i thought that was cool that is all from my notes is there anything else you want to circle back and talk about or shall we move on i had a lot of fun uh with uh learning about the oars because it's definitely something that's very important. And at the time where I where I was first reading about the orders, I thought that it was just like something random that they're throwing out there just so they could help progress the story. And I'm really happy that it turns out to be something more in route. Something that's yeah. going to propel the story even further. Kill? I really like the the RC scene uh, when uh, she makes her own Autobot branding because she, no, she no longer has her old badge and the Constructicon even say, like, even the Autobots don't want her and she doesn't have it anywhere to, like, where she belongs. And she's like, I'm still an Autobot. And, like, you know, she might be a little bit more crazy in the kill, kill, kill sense, but she still uh, wants to protect the boss she cares for. Yeah. I also forgot in that scene where Shockwave shoots Dreadwing. And as you can see, his, like, his chest cavity kind of coming back together. Did you see his uh, Decepticon insignia, how how it looked when it was relighting on his chest? It looked really cool. don't think so. No, I gotta, I gotta cool. see it was like again. A jagged, it was like a jagged uh, Decepticon insignia versus uh, like a traditional one. It looked really cool. Hmm. I'll have to check it out. We'll throw it on the screen for our viewers. Yeah. Rockstar sure. rating. Uh, Computron, you want to go first? Um... Knowing that this is kind of an MTME Volume 5, we're kind of helping prelude Dark Cybertron. I'm going to give this a 3.5 because there wasn't a lot of plot as much as there was just a lot of gap filling. I don't know if that makes any sense. Well, yeah, there's a lot of flashbacks and a lot of filler, not really progressing the story further because in these six issues, we're still in the yeah, same Yeah, we just, we, we just got out of the war, uh, the second war, or wherever you may call it. And now everything's settling down. And I'm really happy that they went back and kind of filled in the gaps, like I said earlier. Because I didn't know, like I said earlier, it's like I couldn't figure out if Shockwave was a student of G-Axis or a senator. Like, how, how do I, how are these two the same people? And it makes sense as they kind of filled in that gap, which is, to me, really important. Yeah. So, like I said, I'll give it a 3.5. Kilo? I'll agree with uh, computer. I think it's a 3.5. Uh, I, it was fun learning about Soundwave's origin and uh, how he met the cassettes and uh, learning about Shockwave and how things happen after the Shadow Play and, and all that was very interesting. But other than that, not, nothing too major happened. Yeah. I will give it a 4. I enjoyed the plot, even though, like, Nothing has moved forward and we're still in the same not light and whatnot, but I enjoy the plot filling. I enjoy the backstory, the character development that we see with Shockwave and Soundwave, 
with RC and the Constructicons. It's all very interesting, and it's not something we see every day with Transformers. Like, it's something new, if that makes sense. Uh, the, the shockwave scheming something in the background, that's not necessarily new. But the Soundwave-Shockwave uh, conflict, I feel, is somewhat new. So I'm going to give it a four. But listeners, what do you think of these comics? How many Rod Stars would you give it? Let us know by leaving a comment below. And let us know what your favorite scene or panel or issue in this volume is. So we don't have any emails for you today. But if you would like to get in contact with us, you can send us an email at swervesbarpodcast at gmail.com. And there'll be a little thing in the details below or on the screen right now. So ending thoughts. I want to talk about a toy I recently got. I got the Shockwave Masterpiece, the MP29. And I am excited because that means I have MP13 Soundwave, which is half of Decepticon Command, by the way. So I just need Megatron and Starscream. Good luck getting a Megatron, man. That's expensive. <laughs> oh, have you seen how much the Starscream is? Is it more expensive? Yeah, Megatron's like 80, 60 bucks. Starscream's like in the 200s. Oh, oh, I guess I was thinking Starscream because I thought Megatron was in the 200s. Oh, man. Starscream, I feel, is a little bit more fan favorite. Megatron's like yeah. cool, but Starscream, you know, he has more memorable scenes. Yeah, but Megatron turns into that pistol. He does. Yeah, but so the shockwave. So, <laughs> is it really True. new? Does anyone else have a toy to, that they want to talk about? Oh boy, um, maybe like a Funko Pop or a McDonald's toy, or <laughs> I'm just pulling your like kilo. Recently, I, I did another cycle, so I'm a, another cycle older, and uh, I got a I got the Battle Through Time pack, which comes with uh, Beast Wars, Grimlock, and Mirage. And I really like those figures. And I also got some uh, Earth fast food restaurant toys from McDonald's, which is a Windblade and a Shockwave uh, from Onyx. Not not sponsored by us. Not sponsored, by the way. No. They're not paying us any Shanix. They should. We don't have any McDonald's in, in Cybertron. But. Yeah. But yeah, no, I really like all, all my new, uh, all my gifts. So that, that was fun. Yeah. Happy uh, birth cycle. Thank you. Thank you. Happy cycle Dave. <laughs> thank you <laughs> right. you want to talk about any toys that you may got or anything new on your end i haven't gotten anything new i do want a i found it uh the one that i am actually super super looking forward to it's actually two things one is the uh kingdom deluxe pipes which is already out mm. i'm doing the same thing Oh, <laughs> uh, and I'm also putting in a pre-order for the Series 83 Voyager Soundwave. Ooh, 83 or 86? 83, Series 83. Huh. The, it's a bay. It's a bay. Or oh, not bay. Michael Bay? No? It's, it's, it's the Bumblebee movie, Soundwave. Oh, oh, oh that yes, yes, nice. yes, yes, yes. Yeah, that, that one looks cool. Nice. Yes. Yeah. Pre-ordered. Fight me. Right. <laughs> I, I, I'm not. I'm not gonna fight you. You're too, <laughs> you're too big. We can't. We can't hit you. All right. Uh, Everybody always says that, but they don't ever ask how I am. They always <laughs> say you're too big. Let's let's wrap some things up real quick. Uh, are you two ready for Transformers: Dark Cybertron Volume One? I'm ready as can be. About time. 
Kilobyte, do you mind taking us out? If you've enjoyed this episode, consider sharing it with your friends and subscribing. We hope you're all staying safe out there. And as always, thank you so, so much for listening to All Our One. To All Our One. To All Our One. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Swerves Bar Podcast. You can also find us on Twitter at Swerves Bar. If you are interested in more content, try checking out the spinoff D&D Transform and Rollout Rise of the World Killers. Let's tune in for a preview now. Okay. Oh my goodness. I'm going to have the most glorious <laughs> punch. You got a natural 20. I crack my knuckles. <laughs> right, you you describe this scene. You're going to tell us how this goes down. Yeah. <laughs> she cracks her knuckles. She's tired. She wants to save her friends. She's ready for to, to give the secret to nights. <laughs> Exhilarating. There is also a YouTube channel with bonus content. Link will be provided below. End transmission.